Haunted UK podcast Short Haunts is produced and released in stereo. Listening through an environment such as headphones or stereo speakers will ensure you get the best experience. Here at Haunted UK Podcast Towers, we're committed to giving you high-quality, great episodes, time after time after time. But this takes a lot of effort in research, writing, editing, recording, mixing, mastering and publishing. We don't have a fancy production company or a bank of scriptwriters, or a large budget to keep everything going. We are a fully independent podcast. If you'd like to help the show, then why not get over to Coffee and search for the Haunted UK Podcast, where you can subscribe to give just £3 per month, the price of a coffee, or as much as you like. If you'd rather not sign up for a monthly subscription, then you can simply make a one-off donation. Again, as little or as much as you like. This really helps the show with our website, coffee membership, merchandise, equipment, as well as other financial commitments. So, if you feel that you'd like to keep the lights burning, the wheels turning and the stories rolling, then why not consider getting over to coffee and donating to the show? That's KO hyphen fi and search for the haunted uk podcast thank you another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Votes are now open for the Listener's Choice Award at the British Podcast Awards. If you enjoy the show, we would be honoured to have your vote. You can cast your vote at www.britishpodcastawards.com. This is the Haunted UK Podcasts, Short Haunts. Welcome, dear listeners, to our series of short haunts. A shot of scary, just for you. So grab a hot chocolate, maybe a tea, maybe something stronger, because this is Haunted UK Podcast's Short Haunts. F. Scott Fitzgerald once remarked, In a real dark night of the soul, it is always three o'clock in the morning, day after day. 
and this short haunt certainly breathed life into this snippet of fine literary wisdom. So, make yourself comfortable, as we journey into the dark night of the soul at 3am in the morning somewhere, and join our listener Conan, where he regales his learnings from sleep paralysis and a battle with an unknown entity in Night Terror. I would like to preface this with the fact that I am a very spiritual person and have been since I was young. I have always picked up on things and seen things my parents did not see or understand. I will try and tell my story from a view of limited bias, nonetheless. I have two stories for you, both from my childhood. One of them, a potential paranormal experience of seeing a supernatural being while staying at my nan's. And the other one, a recurring sleep paralysis experience as a child. In my opinion, both are scary in their own rights. Nan's house. This experience happened when I was around 12 to 14 years old at my nan and granddad's house. I'm 20 years old this year. While at school, I stayed at my nan's house once a week and they'd take me to school the next morning. I can't say anything felt off about the house at all, and it didn't seem to convey any bad vibes either. And most of the time I was there, I had slept soundly. But this one time, I did not. Let me explain the layout of the house. Imagine a bungalow, with the loft being converted into a bedroom for my nan and grandad. As you come through the front door... There was a very small hallway that led to a small kitchen and dining room straight ahead, and to the right of the hallway, a large living room. At the other end of this living room, the back left corner, is a door leading into another small hallway. The first left on the hallway is the bathroom. First right is the stairs to my nan and granddad's room in the loft. Second left was my granddad's office. Second right was the spare room, where me and my younger sister, who was around eight years old at the time, slept. At the bottom of the hallway was the door to the conservatory and a small garden. This story takes place in the back of the house centred around that second hallway. I woke up at night to go to the toilet. It was probably two or three in the morning. I laid in bed for a bit though, sort of procrastinating getting up because I was so comfortable. This is where the paranormal experience starts. I was drawn to look at the light coming from under the door, into the spare room, which was dark other than that. My grandparents had a nightlight in the hallway that plugged in and stayed on all night. I don't know why, but I began to feel on edge. Maybe I could put some of it down to being a child sleeping on the ground floor of a house, where the only available adults were upstairs if I needed them or if some sort of intruder tried to enter the house. I watched the door carefully for a few minutes. It was then that I noticed noises in the corridor and around the house. Again, I could have put this down to heightened awareness, from some sort of anxiety, but not what came next. I watched as a silhouette moved past the door, It looked exactly like how two legs walking past would block the light from the nightlight. Not only did I see this, but I also heard distinctly the dull sound of footsteps on the carpet. 
It was so convincingly real that I settled down a bit. I thought it must have been my granddad walking around downstairs, probably using the bathroom down here. The figure passed and the house was quiet again. Then, a realisation hit me. There was no reason for my granddad to be downstairs at all. My nan and granddad's room upstairs had an ensuite. In fact, I'd never recalled them ever coming downstairs in the night for any reason other than if me and my sister were making enough noise because we thought it was funny to stay up. At this point, I was worried for the safety of my younger sister who was fast asleep still. I still needed the toilet and felt compelled to go out and make sure that there wasn't an intruder in the house. So, scared but full of adrenaline, I went out into the hallway. There was no one. I went to the bathroom. Again, no one. I even peeked into some of the other adjacent rooms. No one. I was a little loud with my opening and closing of doors to see if I could attract the attention from my grandparents if they were downstairs. There was no one on the ground floor of the house but me and my sister. I'm not too sure if I went to sleep after that. If I did, it took a while, and a lot of glances at the door were made. I think I tried to ask some higher spiritual beings for protection for the rest of the night too. I didn't want to wake my sister up because she was already asleep. And if something supernatural was happening, I know she would still prefer to sleep peacefully rather than watch it happen. I didn't tell her or my grandparents in the morning. My grandparents are not the type of people that would have believed me. There were also no signs of a burglar or other intruder breaking into the house anywhere in the morning. If you're wondering what theories I have around this experience, I believe it may have just been a ghost spiritual being, entity, whatever you want to call it, passing through the area. Although I was scared, I don't think it was malicious in the end. A part of me still thinks I hallucinated it out of anxiety or something, but I have no history of doing that and was very much awake. It was an interesting experience, which some of your stories reminded me of. The Sleep Paralysis Entity I have a somewhat unconventional approach to sleep paralysis. It can be terrifying. I've loved listening to the stories of others about it, but I've also had a very positive experience with it. As an adult, I get sleep paralysis quite frequently, maybe once or twice a week, and I actually just embrace and look forward to it. In my adult experiences and in my spiritual practice, I believe sleep paralysis is a great gateway state to astral projection, the consciousness leaving the body to explore other realms and dimensions. It was through the negative experiences I had as a child that I learned that this is an experience that can, for myself at least, be controlled and used for a desired outcome. So I'll tell this story in the context of knowledge gathered in my spiritual practice, but feel free to apply your own beliefs and theories to it. I started having sleep paralysis experiences very early in my life, I think as young as three. I think I remember more from when I was a bit older, maybe five, and these continued to around the age of seven, I think, ten at the latest. 
At first, I thought these experiences were dreams, so I will refer to them as such until the end, where I will tell you of my theories extrapolated from my spiritual knowledge on what I think they were. It always started with the typical symptoms of sleep paralysis. As a child, I would be in bed, and I couldn't really move. I was and am still lucky to have a large bedroom, the bed placed in the middle with the headboard against the wall. If I laid in bed on my back, the window was five feet to the left, and the door an equal amount to the right. The room was pretty much an average child's room, apart from that. Anyway, back to the sleep paralysis. Maybe I could twitch my foot or fingers, but that was about it. My room was completely dark, though I tried to keep my eyes closed most of the time this happened. When I realized what was happening to me, I always then felt a dark, heavy presence enter the room behind me. I slept on my right side usually, so around the area of the window. My reaction to this was to do all I could do really, which was to stay still and pretend to be innocently sleeping. But somehow, this entity knew I wasn't. It would always play out like this. Next, it would crawl around my bed, to the right side where I was sleeping. I didn't really see this entity at any point yet. What it did next was the scariest part for me, and would have been for any small child. The entity reached under my sheets with its hand, grabbed my ankle, and pulled me out of bed. I couldn't really make any noise or move much at all in this dream, but I did try and struggle. It never stopped this entity dragging me into the back left corner of my room, next to my wardrobe. What happened next was always strange to me. The entity would just keep me there, holding on to me in whatever way it could. It was very strong, and there was no way I could physically overpower its grip. In these moments, I did feel that this presence was masculine. I also felt a sluggishness come over me, like any effort I made to escape was drained. This comes into my theories later. The sleep paralysis experience never ended there. I always escaped. How I did it was strange too. Somehow, my child self realized that whenever I had the thought that I was going to try to escape its grip, the entity held on tighter. I realized that this entity was reading my immediate thoughts, so it could predict what I would do next and prevent me escaping. I developed a clever way of escaping this. I simply pretended that I'd given up, that I couldn't escape for a little while, and then, suddenly I would make a break for it without the entity expecting it. I convinced this entity by my thoughts that I wasn't going to try to escape, and through that, made it relax a bit, and caught it off guard. Whenever I escaped, I always ran directly across the room and into my parents' room. The dream stopped here, and I usually woke up or went into another dream. This sleep paralysis experience continued to occur in this exact way yearly, maybe even biannually. Every time, I got better and better at outsmarting this entity. I even arranged my room and toys around my bed in a way to form a barrier 
so this entity had more difficulty dragging me out of bed. This may have been a psychological comfort to me, but it seemed to help. The experiences waned when I approached the ages of 7 to 10 years old. I honestly believe that this entity got tired of how easily I could deal with it and just moved on. I have never had any experience with this particular spectre or energy since. Finally, my favourite bit. My own theories on what this was. I called this experience a dream throughout. But as I explained at the beginning of this story, I believe the state of sleep paralysis is a gateway to astral projection. Having experienced astral projections quite frequently now, I can tell you that my room looks like it is in what I would call the lower dimensions of the astral, and this lines up with exactly how I saw my room appear in these experiences as a child. In these lower dimensions, my room always looks dark, but not in the same way as real darkness. It's not pitch black. It's almost a deep blue sort of darkness, like a weird sort of night vision or being under the sea. This leads me to believe, again, personal beliefs, that this entity was dragging my consciousness or soul, whatever you believe us to be, out of my body into another dimension. Quite a scary implication. I honestly don't believe that this happens readily to people, for those listeners scared of this possibility. I think I must have had to be at least partially astral projecting already for this entity to drag me around. To put it simply, I do not believe malicious entities have the power to pull someone's consciousness from their body. As for theories on what it was doing taking me to other dimensions, there have been many stories of entities in the paranormal community that are parasitic in nature. I think the whole motivation of this sleep paralysis entity dragging me out of bed was to create fear and desperation in me, which it then somehow fed off for as long as it could. This would explain the sluggish feeling I would get whenever I tried, in my terror, to escape it. And how, when I overcame it, it stopped showing up. There was no more fear left for it to feed on. As for theories of my house being haunted, the house I grew up in isn't that old. The previous owner, although he lived there a while, did not die in it. So, I don't put it down to the house being haunted by anyone who had been there before me. However, there was always an odd, heavy energy in the corner of my room where this experience took place. In the corner next to my wardrobe. I can only speculate that it latched onto this area, or there was residual fear on my part which perhaps took on a life of its own in that corner. However, after cleansing my room many times over the years, none of the energy or fear around that corner seems to remain. Just for medical context, I have no known physical or mental conditions that could have led me to hallucinating this or having difficulty sleeping. I hope you enjoyed these stories. I realise how terrifying they seem now that I have written them down, but I've honestly been pretty chill with them my whole life. I at least have my own personal explanations as to what happened. Thanks. Conan. And that 
is the end of our short haunt. Thank you for listening. Please let us know your thoughts or any similar experiences you may have had. For example, have you ever experienced night terrors or sleep paralysis? Interestingly, Conan has had many positive experiences with sleep paralysis. Have you ever felt similarly? Or experienced astral projection? Finally, have you ever wondered as you lie in bed, say at three in the morning, where the clock is ticking, everything else is quiet, but the worries in your mind are not? That a shadow cast from a looming wardrobe is taking a shape, a form, and it gives you this unsettling feeling, and you wonder, you wonder if this is real or not. If that's the case, then be prepared, because the next subject of a short haunt could be you. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. But do you have an interesting story which features the paranormal? If so, your story could be featured in our new series, Short Haunts. Please get in touch via email at hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com or Twitter at hauntedukpod or on Instagram at hauntedukpodcast. We're waiting for your stories. This episode was presented by Steve, produced by Blue Step Audio, and the script was edited by Marie Waller Proofreading. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show.